Hi, I'm Zainab and welcome to Project Millennial, a space for burned out millennials looking to live life more on their terms. Here, we'll be sharing stories and insights from other millennials and also going deeper into topics like personal development, life, career, money and so much more. Essentially, we're moving away from autopilot and making more intentional decisions. In this next episode, I'll be talking to Dr. Alicia Damani. So Alicia is a junior doctor specialising in ophthalmology and oncology. She is an entrepreneur managing her wellness company alongside The Medic Today, a platform to help redefine what it truly means to be a medic in 2020. She also loves to volunteer in community events and youth camps, as well as being a qualified sports coach. So we cover quite a lot in this episode. We find out how Alicia found her way into events planning and how she started working at a bridal boutique just after a few conversations. We talk about the importance of choosing and creating opportunities and we also go into how Alicia is able to balance all of her various projects. Let me know what you think of this episode and be sure to share with anyone who is interested in having a portfolio career. Good morning. Good morning, Alicia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. Uh, For people that don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. So I am a doctor uh, by trade. I studied medicine. I never actually wanted to do medicine, but I was good at sciences at school. I wanted to help people. It just seemed the thing to do. And of course, my parents were very encouraging about pursuing a career like medicine. I did it and throughout, it was, I mean, the first few years of university were were great. It was just like college. Everyone's having a bit of fun. The challenge was that in my school, I used to, you know, I used to be one of the top students and at university, everyone, were top students so you're kind of the average now but it felt good that you belonged in you know everyone's in the same boat Mm -hmm. it got harder and I think that's when I realized that did I really want to do medicine or not so when I graduated I felt a little bit lost Um, went into my foundation training completed my foundation training I did a six-month post in hospital following my, my foundation training And then decided to take a bit of a break and really look at myself, look inward and really discover what do I want to do? I felt there was something more to me. In that period of time, I tried lots of things. I worked in events management, events technology. I volunteered a lot of my time over the years and I continued to do that. Um, I worked in a wedding boutique doing embroidery on wedding gowns as well. Loved it. I, I love being quite hands-on. Uh, I love doing embroidery. It, were, it was really, really good fun and such a warm experience to do that and, and be a part of you know, some, someone else's journey. I realized I did actually miss being a doctor. I did miss practicing medicine. So I went back into it and got to the point where I was like, this isn't what I want to do. It was, you know, it was up and down. I, I, I missed it. And then I disliked it when I went back. And I was, I, was, I was stuck at 
why do I miss it and then I don't enjoy it when I'm when I'm there I went to work part-time and the excess time that I had I trained in aesthetics ran my own aesthetics company I now have a wellness company and have realized that the difference that I want to make and who I want to be um, is a contribution to other professionals, other medics out there to discover who they are as human beings. I think that is the core of who I want to be and the legacy I want to leave behind. I think as professionals, I'm very much or I was very much defined by my career and that's not a bad thing, but it's not a full expression of who I am as a human being. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. We know the NHS has issues retaining their staff. Um, we all want to be there. We all want to contribute, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. There's something that doesn't work and people don't stay. And I want to be able to support the NHS and have people stay if that's what they choose in a way that has them feel empowered about that and not I have to do this this is what I am yeah that's incredibly powerful how do you see yourself doing that like how do you see your role in that so I've my passion project which I'm still on the road of discovering um the medic today is a non-profit that's aimed to redefine actually what it means to be a medic today talking about what is life like for a doctor? We all have a vision, you know, the generation before us all have a vision of, of what a doctor, when you say a doctor, there's an image, there's a judgment and people think, oh wow, that's incredible. Or, oh wow, that's really hard or whatever their opinion is. Um, and really, I think it's very, very much different today. And that conversation isn't tapped into very much. Me being on my journey of trying to discover who am I really if I was a living expression of everything that I am? Am I doing that right now? And, you know, I, I'm not or I wasn't and I'm on that journey now. And I think there's huge power. It's, it's had me be a better doctor in my practice, being able to authentically understand this is who I am. You know, I am able to do you know, to have a wellness company, I am able to spend time in my family, I am able to participate in X and Y sports, I am able to do everything that I want to do, and still be a practicing doctor. I think training and structure is great, but sometimes it brings constraints to one's life. And, and that's what the medic today is out to talk about, to engage in that conversation. It can be a daunting conversation to be a part of, um, and I'm hoping that this will grow on and people will participate in opening up what it really means to be human mm -hmm. working as a doctor, you know? And for those that are listening, so Alicia has a podcast called The Medic Today, so be sure to check that out as well. It's very interesting that you have quite a few things going on at the same time, like could you explain how your day-to-day -day looks and how you're able to sort of manage your workload? Sure. Um, things have changed a lot in recent months with COVID pandemic. Uh, prior to that, I was working part-time. I would work 50%, 40 to 50% of the week in hospital to keep my practice going. The rest of the time, I would share between 
working on my wellness company, um, creating some content for The Medic Today and networking with people and having conversations with people who are medics. It's easy for me to access medics, uh, of course, um, to see how they've transitioned into other fields or how they've diversified the careers or actually how they manage their life outside of medicine. Um, in those conversations, we're carving that engagement, that participation from the wider community. And, and then how are you able to fit your, like schedule your time or is it that you have certain days that you allocate to certain things? Google Calendar. Everything has to be on there. If it's not on there, it's not going to get done. <laughs> I'm very much, if I say I'm going to do something, I am more than likely going to stick to that. So I rely on my calendar a lot. Everything is on there from, you know, this conversation to I'm going to spend three hours working on my wellness company. I'm going to spend an hour going for a run and having lunch. Everything has to be on there. It's, it was quite tough at the start to put it all on there. And I don't like my day to be overtly structured. But through my journey, I have realized that when I do allocate time and I can see that this is what I'm doing, it gets done. Right. Okay. Yeah. And but so in comparison, so you have... So let's let's think about it. So you have you work in the NHS currently, yeah. right? You have your wellness company. Um, yeah. You have medics today. You do you still do aesthetics or no longer? Uh, it's combined with my wellness company. So, so combined with all of that, that's a lot of things. Do you find that you've got a, a happy balance of what you're doing? Is that what you enjoy to have different things going on at the same time? It is a very busy life. Um, but I'm really happy. It's taken me a long time to understand, okay, I want another stream of income. Um, I want to give back, which is what I'm doing through the medic today. And although it does take a lot of my time, I am very intentional about doing these projects. I'm very, I'm doing them on purpose. I am actively choosing, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to work you know, in the NHS before it was, I have to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do otherwise, mm. you know, and that was a, quite a tough place to be. But now I'm in a position where I know that I'm, I'm quite, I want, I want a business. I have one. Mm. I need to keep working at it. Otherwise it's, it's going to flop. Mm. Um, I want to give back. I'm doing it. It's hard. I have a lot to learn. There are lots of conversations to be had but I'm on that journey and as challenging as it is to balance it all because I'm choosing it and I really am intentional about, I want to do these things. I am waking up happy knowing that, you know, I want to, I chose this. This is what I want to do. This is the, what I want to contribute in, in these kinds of ways. That's incredible. So one thing, one, one of my aims for this, for the podcast and the YouTube channel and these interviews is to spur burnt out millennials mm. so that they're living life less on autopilot and more intentionally. Mm -hmm. So how is it that you were able to make that switch? It's, it's, it's hard still. I, I'd say every 90% is mindset. 10% is the work. 
hand on heart, 90% is mindset, 10% is the work. I have been on a journey of being completely lost, not knowing what I want to do with my life. If I'm not a medic, what am I? Very, not in a very good place. And it's been a few years that I've been on the journey. I'm still on it. I'm still discovering. But the thing that switched was the mindset growth that I've had on that journey. I've read a lot of books. I've participated in a lot of personal development events um, and conferences. And there are moments where I have just realized that I have the power to wake up happy. I have the power to create my day rather than this is my day. I have to go with it. Mm. You know, I have the power to choose my life. You know, if, if today is a bad day, I have the power to say today didn't go as planned, but I'm okay. You know, and I'm, you know, it's not covering up the vulnerabilities, the struggles, it's feeling them, experiencing you know, the challenges, the obstacles, it's experiencing the upset, it's experiencing all the negative emotions and having it be, I am not my emotion, I am experiencing it, I get I'm not feeling good right now. Like mm. I get it. But that doesn't have to mean that that is what I am, I'm not feeling good. It's, I'm not feeling good, I'm experiencing that. It's gone and done, what can I do about it now? And I say this to so many people, staying physically healthy is a constant practice of eating healthy, exercising regularly. It's con you know, it's a constant thing you have to do to maintain a healthy, a healthy body, right? Mindset's the same thing. We don't approach mindset in the same kind of way. If we're not practicing mindset that is empowering and, and inspiring and motivating for us, how are we just going to suddenly be hey, life is great. <laughs> it's, it's a journey and it's a constant practice. And finding those tools through books and events and, you know, watching that kind of content, like I watch a lot of Gary Vee, Tony Robbins, a lot of inspiring people, they'll say things that, you know, I probably already know. But the more I'm hearing it, the more I'm seeing it, the more ingrained it's getting into me. And the more I begin to live it, the more I begin to be it. So whenever I do encounter a challenge, I have the tools or, or the quote that's going to get me out of it. Um, everything in a moment, in any given moment, I'm a huge believer in. I have the power to choose to see that moment in any way. And I rather see it empoweringly than in any other way. Yeah, that is, that's pretty powerful because, as you said, the mindset is the driving force for a lot of our actions so mm. yeah I, I do believe that so in terms of your non-medical endeavors how were you able to find those opportunities so right at the start I went to a personal development conference and there were people of all sorts of backgrounds that were there and it was the first time I had probably thrown myself into something that I wasn't really sure about. It was like, you know, a friend had gone and it was my gut instinct. Okay, I'll, I'll trust him. And, and, and I just went. And I met so many people from all walks of life who are basically on the same journey as me trying to figure out what do they want to do with their life? Who are they? Um, I got to meet 
um, you know, CEOs. I got to meet taxi drivers. I got to meet lawyers. I got to meet other medics. It, it was such a diverse group of people, which I don't think I've been around in a long time because I'm in the world of medicine. And through there, I, I was actually offered a job that I volunteered for ultimately in events. That's how I got into events technology, events management. I managed to run a couple of international conferences, um, you know, see the, the back end of how, you know, a massive event is run. Mm-hmm. And that had me believe that through a conversation, I can create any opportunity. That was the first time it had happened. Oh, wow. So it was through that event that you met someone yeah. and was able to have that a personal development event. And that's the first time through a conversation and a job was offered. Like usually I'm looking online for a job. If there's a vacancy, apply. Yeah. Right. That's typically what we do. But this was, there was no job vacancy. I had a conversation and bam, I've got an opportunity. And that was a penny drop moment for me that conversations are powerful. Man. <laughs> like that, really. yeah, that, is, that is an incredible story. And I can definitely, you know, see how that could come about. And I feel like particularly in the course that I, that I went on, they did, they said the same thing that, you know, opportunities come from other people. So mm. thank you for sharing that story. Was it similar to how you got the beauty, boutique embroidery um, role? Cause that's quite, that's very different. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't through a personal development event. Um, but one of the conferences that um, I was supporting through the company that I volunteered with um, I, I met a client who was attending and she just started talking about, you know, her wedding boutique and she's trying to expand it and she's trying to make it a very personalized experience for the couples. And I just got very interested because I, I did textiles in GCSE. I have always loved, you know, my mom always fixes things up. We have a sewing machine at home. Um, and I've never really had a chance since going to university to get my hands on and do some more embroidery I used to do and I I just shared that you know I used to do this and Mm -hmm. I miss it you know I miss the creativity um and and just working with textiles and fabrics and she just said well why don't you come over when I went and I visited um saw the work that they're doing I shared some of the work that I'd done 10 years previously at school and she was she was just like well why don't you come and work on one of our pieces met the couple it, it was great it, it was just great were you in I'm assuming you were were you locuming at this stage at this stage I was actually unemployed when I took my first career break I had saved up a little bit of money I'd moved to London for no reason I knew some people there London's the place to be wanted to experience living there um and of course, being unemployed in London, savings won't last very long. Um, but, you know, it lasted me long enough to meet the people that I did and have the experiences that I did. Sure. Like, I had the same experience. So following F2, following my second year foundation training, I mm. took a, a, like a long extended gap year. And mm. I found that it gave me that freedom that if someone was like, oh, do you want to come along to the studio? I was then able to go. So I really, really appreciated that time off. I mean, sometimes it was hard to not be working where everyone else was working, but I did the same as you. I saved a lot. 
And I saw it as me buying myself time, buying myself freedom to be able to explore other things. So I think if anyone has the opportunity to sort of put a like a pause and stop, I mean, not stop work, but maybe just, I don't know, I guess put a pause and explore other options. I think it's such an incredible time to be able to understand yourself a bit more, to explore, to think more, to talk to people more, so that if anyone was to say, do you want to come and do this? You can go and do that. And I guess it doesn't have to be a break. I mean, you can take a days off on annual leave or anything like that. And that can be a pretty amazing experience. So I guess I'd want to ask you is like, what was your, what was your, like one of the biggest learning points that you've taken away from your non-medical endeavors? It's a big question. Mm -hmm. So much I've learned, but I, I'd say the thing that carries me through is I have the power to choose. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned that in any given situation, I have the power to choose what I do with it. I have the power to choose my perspective. I can choose to be responsible about how a communication lands. Um, I'm a big believer in you can have it all, you know? And I never used to think that way. And not from a place of, hey, I want everything, you know, I don't want to be greedy. It's, you know, I am, I, I grew up thinking I have to pick one thing and that's what I am. That's what I do. That's, that's just who I am. Get married, have kid, you know, like that's life. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I have learned is I am more than that, you know? and not in a hierarchy type of way. I am a doctor. I love being creative. I love my sport. I want to give back and make a difference to people around the world. And I want to make a difference. And this is new for me in the last couple of years. I want to make a difference to medics. Mm. Um, and I can do all of that if I choose to. And if I, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm saying this well or right, or if it's landing, but I think a lot of us think, oh yeah, I'm choosing to do this. And then we end up being unhappy with our shifts and our life and you know, not enough time with family. There's always something that's not quite perfect. I'm a huge believer in life can be extraordinary and we all have the power to create that when we choose to. It's taken me a long time to get to this point, but the biggest thing I've learned is I can choose this. I can choose to be happy in any given moment, regardless of what's happening around me. Interesting. So I have a, I have a video that talks about burnout. I talk about how I actually think that burnout can, if, you, if someone's experienced it, it can actually have a beneficial impact in terms of it can change your trajectory, but in a positive way. Mm. And from what you're saying, it sounds like that, you know, going through what you went through during your foundation training actually mm. helped to set you up in a, on a different path. Would you, would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I think sometimes it does take challenges to have you rethink 
yourself or what you're doing or whatever that challenge was about. I think if things are just moving and things aren't challenging, you're probably not growing or learning, you know? So I, you know, I would want to be in an environment that challenges me, whether it, you know, whether I went through a phase of being disillusioned, confused, probably went through it all. Um, but it took that for me to press pause and think, okay, what do I want to do? What's the difference I want to make? How am I going to figure that out? Um, and, and I think it, I think burnout is one thing, I think, you know, for your personal health, but I think it's also an opportunity for people to just stop and think, do I want to do this? And if I do want to do this and I'm getting burnt out, what's missing? You know, I think there are a lot of medics that love what they do and want to do it. They just don't want to get burnt out with it. So what is it that's having them burn out? What's the perspective or what is the environmental issues? What, you know, what, is, what are the day-to-day -day issues? And we can approach that um, from a place of, hey, I want to be more effective at work. I love what I do. I want to be more, more effective, but this, this, and this doesn't work. What has to change? What has to change? Interesting. Exactly. So you've mentioned sport a few times. What sport yeah. do you play? I used to play basketball. I miss it, man. <laughs> Um, I, I grew up playing basketball with my brother, representing my school and college. When I went to university, I, I also play netball. I play a lot of netball and I've played netball to a national European level. Oh, wow. Um, badminton. I used to coach tennis. I used to teach swimming. Like I was, sport was my thing, but it, it was a huge part. In fact, you know what? I'm glad you've brought that up because I have just remembered Sport was the one thing that had me be confident in who I, who I was when I was growing up in school. Um, yes, I was doing fine at school, you know, academically and whatnot. But, you know, school is school. You go through, you go through it. Every single night after school, I went to a sports club. I had a teacher, um, Mr. Snook. But he got me into some training, some coaching programs. Um, and I, I didn't know I could do that. I was a school kid. Um, he got me into that and I did it. And then I realized I can coach people. You know, as a school kid, you're, you're just, you're one of the kids, you're one of the pupils, you're one of the students. This is the first time I experienced teaching, you know, coaching, um, supervising. And at such a young age, it's what had me believe that Hey, I can learn something. I can share it. I can learn something. I can share it. It's where all my volunteering started from. I then volunteered my time in youth camps, um, just facilitating or running a particular module, um, you know, helping kids through challenges and friendship building. Um, it, it really had me step up and look for, opportunities where I could learn something and then share it like I fell in love with that with that process and that was completely new to me um, in fact a couple of years ago I wanted to give back to my school and so I went back and went to a couple of the after-school clubs just to be an extra pair of hands it was great I haven't done sports coaching in such a long time so it was a bit daunting again 
Um, but it's so, it's so funny how you can learn something, be so great at it. And if you don't use it, you know, they say you don't use it, you lose it. Um, constant practice again. <laughs> so what skill do you think you would like to hone the most? I think it would be in the realm of communication. You know, I, I want to transform the world that we live in. You know, it's transformed so much already over time and there's still so much more work to be done. But I, th I think the transformation for me is going to come from a communication, you know, empowering people to stand for what they believe in, you know, encouraging people to share and be vulnerable and engage in conversations that are tough. That's what's going to make a difference in that life. And then they're going to end up becoming empowered human beings. Um, so I, I really, I think the skill I want to hone in on is in that world of communication, because I think that's what's going to transform the world. Mm, that's a good answer. I like that answer. Thank you. <laughs> so if you, so when you're, when you're, let's say for someone who is having, wants to have conversations with people who wants to start approaching either someone medical or non-medical, how do you think they should approach the situation? How do you think they should approach that other person? I think it would depend on what they're trying to achieve. Sometimes, you know, there's a situation that doesn't work and something needs to be clarified. If you're going to go into a conversation wanting a particular outcome, it's a one-sided conversation. You're listening for things that are going to be in your favor and things that are going to work. And then when, when something said that doesn't quite work or is not in line with the outcome that you want, you're going to have this negative defensive, or there'll be an emotion associated with it, which won't be very nice. Whilst if you go into a conversation like that from a place of something needs to change. I want this to work. I don't know how it is for you. Let's have a conversation. Let me understand you. Let you understand me. How can I be more effective for you? And how can you be more effective for me? I want to show up 100%, but I need some help here. And that's okay. But I think if we're going in, if you're going into a conversation wanting this outcome, it's a one-sided conversation. I think those conversations can be hard. Um, I feel like most people try to do their best for their particular roles and situations. Um, so whoever you're communicating with is probably doing their best. So if you're trying to ask for something, it might be a challenge for them. And it ends up just being a challenging situation for both of you. So I think if you're approaching anyone or anything with a conversation, um, through a conversation, it's you're, you're going in open. You're going in to listen and not just to ask for what you want. Yeah, I do. I do like that concept of not just, I guess, going in to take something, but yeah. And also not be so goal oriented because maybe the thing that you want isn't the thing that you actually need. Yeah. Mm. And you might not necessarily know that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that, Alicia. Mm. Um, so thank you so much, Alicia. We gained so much from this conversation today. So for anyone who's listening, you can find Alicia on three different platforms. You can find her on Facebook, The Medic Today, and 
Alicia Damani. You can also find her on LinkedIn, Medic Today, and also as Alicia Damani, and also on Instagram, at The Medic Today, and at Alicia Damani. Which one are you most active on, do you think? Uh, Probably LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay, so you've heard it. So reach out to Alicia if you have any questions or if you're more curious. Um, She's so lovely, she'll be happy to help. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. It's been such a valuable conversation, I think. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. So yeah, that's the end. Many thanks to Alicia again for joining me and thanks to you all for listening. What was your main takeaway? Let me know by sending me a message. You can find me on Instagram at mindthemedic. You can find me at my blog at mindthemedic. And I'm also on YouTube as Zed the Millennial. So I look forward to hearing from you. My next episode is going to be a solo one on journaling and how it's helped me optimise in my life and how I use it to reach my goals. I'll see you very soon. Bye.